Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are and whatever part of the day you're in. Sure do appreciate you joining me, giving me a little bit of your time and energy. Hopefully it gets you through some part of your day. Dishes, laundry, changing diapers, cleaning, driving up and down the road, conference period, getting ready for work in the morning or winding down in the evening, going for a walk. Whatever you're doing, I'm glad you're here. For those of y'all that continue to come back, I'm especially grateful for you. For those of y'all that tell me that when you see me, I appreciate that. It's very encouraging. Uh, or those of y'all that leave kind notes online, uh, thank you. Uh, I appreciate that a great deal. It helps to keep me going, keep me a little motivated. And for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, thank you so much. Uh, y'all are definitely the reason that we continue to gain listeners when you tell others about it. So I'm, I'm extremely grateful for that. This is a homestead note for sure. Uh, it's kind of strange, I guess, in a way, but it's really fitting today too. Had a little frost on the ground this morning, and I, we've got those those four chicks that we've been talking about off and on now for months. All we have left out of the original sixteen from last year. One of them ended up being a rooster, and they continue to roost in this old hackberry tree. Uh, and I'm shocked that they haven't gotten eaten yet. I guess the dogs do a better job of keeping the mid-sized predators away than I thought they did, raccoons and possums and bobcats, although I don't think the bobcats would come this close to the house, but foxes, etc. At any rate, I noticed them this morning at sunrise and they were coming down out of the tree uh, the rooster came down and kind of ran around and looked at things and then one hen came down and then another and then another and he kind of gathered them all up and they started their normal daily routine and i've talked to other people before that have chickens uh, and you can really talk to any kind of farmer or rancher that has animals the the point of this whole little crazy side talk is we also have some turkeys that don't have a tom. And you can see the difference in the actions when these animals have a male in their group and when they don't. And when they do, everything is pretty ordered, it's pretty structured, you can start to see some patterns. And when they don't, it's it's dysfunctional. And you, and you really don't see that unless you've had them with a male and then without. And yeah, there's some problems. The males bring some problems sometimes, like the fact that we had a Tom a couple years ago that jumped up and scratched one of the girls, uh, and that was the end of the Tom. But the point is the same thing that my good friend told me years and years ago uh, when someone in their family was going through a really nasty divorce, uh, their sister, in fact. And, and they said that what had happened in the marriage is 
that both the husband and the wife had just forgotten that they needed each other. And we've forgotten that today as a society. God designed us, male and female, to complement each other. And when we aren't grateful for our spouse, when we don't acknowledge the importance and the need there on both sides, right? I saw, I saw a, a meme the other day that's so fitting. For so many years, we've kind of gone through this happy wife, happy life. And these people are marriage counselors, and they said, no, 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 no. And this is a husband and wife team. They said, happy spouse, happy house. It doesn't matter whether you're the wife or the husband. Neither one. Your second priority each day, folks, if you're married, ought to be pleasing your spouse, second only to God. And, and if you don't have time, as we talk about on these priorities so often, that's just you making excuses. If, if you're one of that like 0.001% of people in the world that really don't have time to please your spouse each day, who aren't spending hours watching sports or on your phone or TV or going off hunting or golfing, you know, once a week for hours, right? If you're in that very small percentage, then you need to be working to get out of that situation because you're, you're working to get out of your marriage if you don't. But the rest of us, we're just making excuses, right? And the whole point to get back to this farmyard thing is God made us male and female to complement each other. In the marriage, each of us have equally important but vastly different roles to play. And when either one is is outweighed, right, like you weigh it with too much, the man thinks they're too important or the woman thinks they're too important. Everything gets out of whack, folks. Everything. That's why feminism has been so destructive to our country. Anyway, little little random barnyard whatever that took up way too much of the podcast. <laughs> or maybe not. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the time to record this podcast, the people that listen to it and share it. Be with them and their families. Bless them. Guide them. Be with those who are scared and alone and hurting. Thank you that we can look out into nature and see you, Father. Thank you that even when things get really bad, we can turn to you and know that you're still in control. When we get sick, when we're heartbroken, when we don't know where else to turn, if we don't know what else to do, help us to feel your presence. Give us your peace. Give us assurance. Strengthen our faith. Be with our nation, Lord. And God, my words here. In your son's name we pray. Amen. William Samuel Johnson, signer of the Constitution, distinguished lawyer, uh, honorary doctorate in civil law from Oxford, a delegate to the Stamp Act Convention, a commissioner to England, a member of the Continental Congress, state representative, U.S. Senator, Connecticut Supreme Court Justice,
that is that's a lot of things folks that had a lot to do with the founding of our nation he uh, he was also just as an aside the son of a very well-known Anglican minister Samuel Johnson who was also uh, or he was also the president of Columbia College from 1787 to 1800. Columbia, if you don't know this, used to be called, formerly was called King's College. And uh, we've read this before. It's been a while. And I think it's extremely important. Again, <laughs> we're going to go through it. Uh, these were his remarks to the first graduating class after the Revolutionary War. You this day, gentlemen, assume new characters, enter new relations, and consequently incur new duties. You have, by the favor of providence, and the attention of friends received a public education, the purpose whereof hath been to qualify you the better to serve your Creator and your country. Your first great duties, you are sensible, are those you owe to heaven, to your Creator and Redeemer. Let these be ever present to your minds and exemplified in your lives and conduct and print deep upon your minds the principles of piety towards God and a reverence and fear of his holy name the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom Proverbs 9 10 and its consummation practice is everlasting felicity happiness Remember that it is in God you live and move and have your being. That in the language of David, he is about your bed and about your path and spieth out all your ways. That there is not a thought in your hearts nor a word upon your tongues. But lo, he knoweth them altogether and that he will one day call you to a strict account for all your conduct in this mortal life. Romans fourteen twelve. Remember, too, that you are the redeemed of the Lord. Psalm 107, 2. That you are bought with a price. 1 Corinthians 6, 20. Even the inestimable price of the precious blood of the Son of God. 1 Peter 1.19 Adore Jehovah, therefore, as your God and your judge. Love, fear, and serve him as your creator, redeemer, and sanctifier. Acquaint yourselves with him in his word and holy ordinances. Go forth 
into the world firmly resolved neither to be allured by its vanities nor contaminated by its vices, but to run with patience and perseverance. Hebrews 12.1 With firmness and alacrity, cheerfulness. The glorious career of religion, honor, and virtue. Finally, in the elegant and expressive language of St. Paul, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things, and do them, and the God of peace shall be with you. Philippians 4, 8-9 To whose most gracious protection I now commend you, humbly imploring Almighty Goodness that he will be your guardian and your guide, your protector and the rock of your defense, your Savior and your God. This was Mr. Johnson's address to these graduates of Columbia University. This was the first graduating class after the Revolutionary War, not before it. Uh, he was, again, just so we make sure we understand, he was a delegate to the Stamp Act Convention, a commissioner to England, a member of the Continental Congress, a state representative, a U.S. Senator, a Connecticut Supreme Court Justice, and President of Columbia College, signer of the Constitution, distinguished lawyer. So, hey, this guy knows way more than the talking heads that we have today unbelievably more about the founding of our country than the people that you hear on the left saying that God has no place in education. And this, this is one of the core purposes of this podcast and has been for years. The Supreme Court decision from 1947 of separation of church and state, which twisted Jefferson's meaning to begin with, and then ignored a mountain of evidence to the contrary, is one of the most, if not the most, but one of the most damaging attacks on our country in the last century. You cannot have public education in America be successful in strengthening our nation and producing productive citizens 
when God is not at the core of it. It is impossible. Whatever good we have done in education over the last century has been because of whatever remnant remnant was left of God and Jesus Christ in those particular schools. Can't even begin to imagine what men like this who founded our nation helped turn America into a shining city upon a hill, a beacon of liberty to millions, tens of millions, arguably hundreds of millions of citizens around the world. Cannot imagine what they would think if somebody tried to tell them that God couldn't be part of education. You go back and you read this passage again or listen to it, and it's one Bible verse after another that he's commanding. And what does he say? What is the first great duty that these students have? In order, in order to better serve not only God, but America, our country, he says your first great duties that we owe are to heaven, to God and Jesus Christ. And he says they need to be ever present in your lives and your conduct. And, and he's talking about when they go out into the world. This isn't something that they're hiding. And you read the first sentence again, folks. Received a public education. We really do look like we're headed to a civil war, folks. Uh, but regardless of whether we end up in one or we don't, if we have any hope of turning this great nation back around, we have got to put God back in the center. These are the kind of comments that we ought to be giving. This is the kind of, why isn't this studied? And why have we allowed it? I, I wonder, I, I can only imagine that the, the greatest ire of men like this wouldn't be reserved for people on the left who are pretty openly working to destroy our nation, both the national leaders and the everyday citizens. It wouldn't be reserved for the, the mob. It would be reserved for those of us who have stood by and gone along with it. After these men and women risk their lives, risk death, torture, imprisonment, rape, loss of husbands, fathers, sons, daughters, wives, all the bloodshed, the cold, the sickness, 
the thousands that Washington lost in Valley Forge. I can't imagine that these men wouldn't hold the greatest disdain for those of us that have stood by and gone peacefully along. This is a great little speech. It ought to be a blueprint for every uh, commencement, uh, benediction, whatever you want to call it, at graduations. This ought to be what's taught in our Bible classes, in our public schools. It's what ought to be taught in English, in history, uh, in government. There's a number of different places you could teach this. It ought to be something that our kids know, the Bible verses in it. God bless y'all, your families, your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.